Welcome to Hear Hoover, the Hoover Middle School podcast. Our podcast crew includes Adela, Malena, Aurora, June, Zoe, Kyla, Vivian. Thank you for joining us with our 13th of Hoover's Hear Hoover podcast. In this episode, the podcast will share information and connection to Leader and Me and the Waterloo Schools Foundation. Hear Hoover is now on Spotify. Please follow us. What is Leader and Me by Zoe? Who is Stefan Covey by Milena? What are and how to use the seven habits by Aurora? What is a lighthouse school by Vivian? Interview with Mrs. Irwin by Kyla. Interview with Melissa Reed by Kaya. Who is the Waterloo Schools Foundation by Zoe? Interview with Hannah Luce by Vivian. Interview with Dr. Smith by June. The Leader in Me helps us students about self-reliance, plan ahead, track goals, help manage emotions, helps make us better versions of ourselves for the planet and others. Franklin Covey transforms organizations by building exceptional leaders, teams, and cultures that get results. And his son, Stephen Covey, was an American educator, book writer, and many more things. His most popular book was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Welcome to the Hear Hoover podcast. My name is June Bertram. I'm Lillian Galloway. And I'm Vivian Galloway. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Sean Covey, and um, I'm the president of Franklin Covey, and also an, an author. Yeah. Uh, as the president of Franklin Covey <clears throat> Education, mm-hmm. you have an interest in changing education and empowering students. What changes do you believe are necessary in our education system to better prepare students for the 21st century? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd, I'd say that uh, I think most schools and teachers are doing a really good job. You know, they're, they're trying really hard. They do a lot of good things. They care. Right. But I think uh, what's needed today um, is you go to school and you learn how to write and read, and do math and science. And that's all really important. But in addition to that, people need to learn what I call leadership skills. They need to learn how to show up on time, how to meet and greet people, how to speak in public, how to resolve conflicts when you have problems, how to set and achieve goals, how to manage their time. So these are like leadership skills that you need when you get to the real work world and in your own family and for college. So I think that um, those are kinds of the those are the kinds of things I think that need to change more in schools today. Yeah. Um, What inspired you to make the seven habits more for kids and teens? Yeah, good question. What inspired me to make the seven habits more for kids and teens? Well, so my dad, um, he passed away about 10 years ago, but my dad wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it was a real famous book and sold all over the world. And then, so I took it and I thought these principles are so powerful, these habits that I made it, I made a book, a version of it for teenagers. 
So the, you know, the habits are like be proactive, begin with the end in mind, think win-win. These are things that you do to become a better person and to get along better with people. So I thought, well, my dad wrote it for like old people. <laughs> I'm going to write it for young people. And so I took things like begin with the end in mind. And um, I talked with a lot of teenagers and got feedback from them. And, and we talked about like kids beginning with the end in mind, like how to set goals and how to write a personal mission statement, like a, a little constitution and you know, a vision board. Like my daughter has a vision board where she puts pictures of all the stuff she wants to do when she grows up. You ever done one of those? Yeah. So that's kind of begin with the end in mind, right, for, for teenagers. And then I got the idea to write it for little kids. So I have an illustrated picture book called The Seven Habits for Happy Kids. And um, it's got stories and characters like uh, Lily Skunk and Goob the Bear and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite habit, you would say? My favorite habit is probably uh, Habit 5. Uh, do you know what that is? <laughs> seek first to understand and to be understood. Yes, you got Good it. Job. Good job, Vivian. Yeah, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And it means you have you have two ears, you have one mouth, and you, so you should listen twice as much as you talk. And it's about how if you want to be a good friend, June, it's to somebody, you got to be a good listener. Yes. So you always you always are listening well to other people. Like, oh, I can see you're really upset about that. So if I understand you correctly, you feel this way. Um, so people, everybody wants to feel understood. And sometimes as teenagers, especially, we don't feel like anyone understands us. Have you ever said that? No one understands me. <laughs> I used to say that a lot when I was a teen. Um, so you always want to be a good listener and always remember to uh, talk half as much as you listen. Um, so you played football at Brigham University. Uh -huh. is, um, how did that affect you? Like, having a knee injury and having to stop playing, how did that affect you like in yeah. your future life and how did you reflect off of that? Sure. Yeah, so I played football all when I was in Little League and then in high school and I got to play at BYU was, you know, Division One big college and it was it was so fun. It was my dream and I, I got to play and I'd play on national TV and it was scary and exciting and we always had like 70,000 fans at the stadium and and so I played for a while and then I got hurt. I hurt my knee and it was so frustrating. I was so depressed. And then my backup um, that was behind me, he came in and he won the Heisman Trophy, which is given to the top player in the country. And so it was really, it was really hard to see my dreams kind of go down the drain. And, um, but I had, to, I had to change and I had to realize that this wasn't my future anymore. And it was hard at first, but I, I felt like I learned a lot from football that can apply to life and to marriage and to being a good dad. And uh, But a lot of my books came out of my football experience, you know, some of the hard things that I went through. That's really cool. Um, yeah. What's the eighth habit and how come it's not included in the seven habits taught in school? Oh, yeah. Good question. Okay, so the eighth habit is called find your voice and inspire others to find theirs. And um, so my dad originally wrote the, the seven habits book. It was in 1989 before you were born a long time ago. And so they were the seven habits. And then, you know, 20 years later, he said, there is another really important idea and it's about finding your voice. 
Um, and your voice, what it means by finding your voice is, what are you good at? What do you love to do? Um, everybody has things that they're good at. Like, do you have something you're good at, June? I play soccer. You play soccer. Okay. How about you, Vivian? Um, I guess I'm good at art. You're good at art, Lillian? I was going to say soccer. Too. Soccer. Okay. Everyone has different things you're good at. Um, and finding your voice means you find out what you're passionate about. And sometimes you have to, sometimes you know when you're young. Like I have a daughter that loves exercise and nutrition and she's always loved it. And she was, when she was younger, she wasn't, she wasn't very fit. And then she got real fit. And so she's now a coach. Her passion is helping other people become more fit. Right. When I was a kid, I loved to write poetry and I was really bad at it. <laughs> and I, I would enter all these poetry contests and I would never win, but I always had a passion for writing. And then when I got older, I wasn't until I got into college that I started to write and I was able to do well with it. So sometimes, sometimes what you're good at um, comes later. But anyway, my dad wrote um, the eighth habit book 20 years later, find your voice and inspire others to find theirs. So seven habits are kind of its own package. And the eighth habit is, kind of a tag along you can look at it that way but they he didn't think of the eighth habit when he first wrote the seven habits it came later oh i forgot one he said <laughs> so um do you think people might try to include the eighth habit into school learning or is it kind of just like gonna say an extra yeah i think most schools are, are just incorporating the eighth habit they just call them the seven habits or the they call them the eight habits like A.B. Combs Elementary, they're the first school to start Leader and Me. Mm -hmm. um, they, they call them Covey's, Covey's eight, eight Habits, right? How about in your school? What do you guys do? We only do the seven habits. You only do seven habits? Yeah. I'm not sure if we might incorporate it soon, but yeah. when I went there, that's what we did. Yeah. Maybe I should write a book called The Eighth Habit for Kids, huh? For <laughs> teens. Yeah. Um, so when you're faced with, like, hardships and, like, some type of things that were hard to get through, what strategies and what do you tell yourself to get through that? How would you inspire others? Yeah. To yeah. When I face hardships, what do I do to get through? Well, sometimes I just say, I just remember that you have hard days and you have good days. And so it'll pass. I would say this will pass. You feel really down right now, but you'll get over it. And because you always do, you always have bright moments, you know, that's one thing. Another is I always share it with somebody. As soon as you share your problems with somebody, it's like cut in half. And so I'll talk with my wife and I'll say, I'm really depressed about this. <laughs> and then she'll talk it through with me and I usually feel better after. And then I remember also that um, sometimes hard experiences, things, tough things you go through, can be the launching pad for something better, new and better, right? Um, you don't sometimes try things unless you fail first. So when I first played, I played football in college, you know, but my first year in seventh grade, what grade are you girls in? I'm going to be in ninth grade. Ninth? I'm going into seventh. seventh. I'm going into seventh. seventh. Okay. So I, I, I went into seventh grade and I, I played football because my older brother said that I was a wimp if I didn't play football. <laughs> so I went out for the team and I quit after one practice because it hurt so much and it made me uncomfortable. And so I quit. And then, um, that was, that was a hard experience for me. 
But then a year later, I was really motivated. I thought, I'm not going to quit anymore, right? So I was so motivated by quitting the year before that I, even though I didn't like it my eighth grade year, I played and then I eventually started to like it. But so sometimes, you know, failure and hard things can be the start of something good and fresh and new, right? Because it can, it can motivate you. Yeah. So what were you like in middle school? Would you say that you followed the seven habits? I would say my seventh grade year, I didn't like it. I was, I didn't have a lot of confidence and um, didn't have a lot of friends. So, but then what, what happened to me is I, I got really motivated to set goals. I started writing in a journal and I just write down my goals. I started writing about, this is what happened at school today and here are my goals for this semester. And that changed me because I found that I could set a goal to get like straight A's and I could do it. And I could set a goal to bench press 135 pounds and I could do it, right? And so um, I'd say I, w I, did, I did, had a really tough seventh grade experience and then I kind of turned it around in eighth grade. Yeah, that's kind of like mission statements that we write at school. Yeah, that's great. If you had like a group of middle schoolers or like kids that were ending middle school and going into yeah. high school or in front of you right now, would, what would you tell them? Like, What would you, advice would you give them? Yeah, so to middle schoolers or going to high school, my advice would be um, one, um, know who, remember who you are because high school will be a little bit crazy, new friends, new classes, everything's new. It's kind of scary. I remember I was scared to death. I was a ninth grader. You go to high school, or did you uh, go oh, to 10th yeah, grade? Gonna go You're going to go to high school. I was scared to death. Um, but I was, I just tried to be friendly. I tried to work hard in school. Um, I remember there was a club that wanted me to join. They used to have clubs and they'd kind of pursue people. But I found out this club was just like a, they'd just get together and, and, and get drunk every every weekend. And so it was really scary of me to tell them no. I didn't want to be part of their club because they were all saying, hey, hey, come join our club. And I thought, I don't want to be a drinker. <laughs> so I said, no, I said no to the club. It was kind of scary. But um, just remember who you are. Uh, have goals. You want to have goals for academics. You want to have goals for like ex extracurricular, whatever you might do with sports or or soccer or dance or chess club or singing, whatever it might be. And then have goals for relationships. You know, like I'm going to be a good friend. I'm going to be good to my brother who, who annoys me. I'm going to be respectful to my parents. So, so have goals in those three areas, academics, um, socially, and then whatever you love to do, you know. So I think that'd be my advice. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, thank great you. Great to meet you. June, Lillian, and Vivian, you guys you guys are great. So you're good at this, right? This is part of your voice. Thank you. Is uh, doing these podcasts. So thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Okay. First habit in the seven habits is be proactive. A way that you can be proactive is have a list and be organized. These are two really very good ways to be proactive. 
The second habit in the seven habits is begin with the end in mind. And a good way to do this is make goals. Making goals can help you achieve something faster. The third habit in the seven habits is put first things first. Some ways that you can put first things first is do your homework first and also have a list. These things can help you be, do first things first before you, you forget. The fourth habit in the seven habits is think win-win. Some ways that you can do this is be kind and be equal to others. The fifth habit in seven in the seven habits is seek first to be understood, then to be under understood. The habit this some ways that you can do that is the habit of listening to others other people's ideas and feelings. Lighthouse schools are schools that have outstanding results in student leadership and set a great impact on student staff and the community, even parents. This certificate showing that they are a lighthouse school was created by Franklin Covey, also the creator of the Seven Habits. There are more than 600 schools around the world that have received this certificate by teaching students about leadership, showing the Seven Habits, providing environments for authentic learning, and showing leadership in the community. Welcome to the Here Hoover podcast. My name is June Bertram. I'll be a freshman at West High School. I'm Lillian Galloway. I'm going into seventh grade. Hi. I'm Vivian Galloway. I'm going into seventh grade. Uh, can you introduce yourself? Please? Yeah. Thanks, ladies. My name is Lance Wheeler, and I work for Franklin Covey and Leader and Me. Um, and um, I um, get to provide support for all of the schools. So I work with administrators and schools and districts who are going to do the Leader in Me work and really help them get started and get things ramped up and rolling. Um, so there's like schools all around that do Leader in Me. Where, mm-hmm. Do you know like where most of them are like mainly located? Yeah, so I, I work with all of our schools in Missouri and Iowa. Um, and, and in Iowa, we have almost 200 schools throughout um, everywhere from from the north, sea, north, south, east, and west. Everywhere from urban schools in the Des Moines area to schools here, um, rural schools. Uh, we have one school in Iowa that has 24 students total um, that we work with, and I think two teachers or three teachers. So we work with super big schools and obviously super small schools. So yeah, we we they're all we're all over. Um, kind of all over the state and all over the area. Yeah. Do you work a lot with kids, you would say, like one-on-one? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't get to, I'm a, so just so you guys know my background, I was a middle school teacher for a long time. I taught eighth grade. Um, so I spent a lot of my time as an eighth grade teacher and eighth grade principal. I don't get to work with students as much as I would like. Um, but um, as you guys can imagine, I have my own kids at home and they have to hear about the seven habits because they're always like, 
dad, are you going to seven habits me right now? And I'm like, no, no, you just need to be more proactive. So, um, but no, yeah, we, we don't get, I don't get to work with students, but what I get to do is I get to help educators get um, the right ingredients to be able to work with students. So it's really a unique, it's just a little bit different in that I get to help um, the students by helping the adults, right? I think that's maybe the way I would put it. Um, so what's it, you said that there was a school with like very little students and yeah. teachers. What's it like working like with small schools like that? Yeah, um, it's very unique and it's very fun. Um, those kids, like I think in that school, all the students are on the Lighthouse team, which is, kind of, this is really cool, right? Um, and um, I'll, I'll never forget the principal told me um, there that um, she said to us, she said, um, our students need this mindset just as much as any other student does. And so I think it's really about having adults who have the right attitude. I think they have two, three teachers total in the building. Um, and so it's helping them. But uh, those students are super involved and super engaged. And uh, they really don't have a choice, right? They kind of have to. I mean, when you have that few students, you kind of have yeah. to You have to be involved for sure. But it, it's fun. And then we, we also work with some monster, monster schools. I have a high school in, in St. Louis that's almost 2,000 students that we work with as well, too. So that's a totally different challenge. We have everywhere from really small to really big. Uh, how did you get involved with Sean? Like, how did you start working with him? Yeah, so so again, I was a principal and had done this work. Um, so we were a leader in me school. I was a leader in me school principal. And it really just matched my heart and mind and mindset. And so um, I just transitioned. Uh, it's been over eight years now that I've been in this role doing this. And so, um, so it's really fun. I get to work with um, superintendents. I get to work with assistant superintendents and, and principals and, um, and, and building this and staff to build this. So yeah, that it was really just because I love the work and it's really fun and really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, are there any like changes that you get to make like big changes or help with or get involved with in the schools? Yeah, I think more than anything, um, we, um, what uh, what what we try to do, um, and the biggest change that I think maybe I'll maybe I'll answer it this way. What maybe why we're a little bit different than some people who work with schools is that um, we also try really hard um, to do our best to take care of adults. Um, the 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 example I always give is that um, when you, uh, meaning your teachers and your in your school, um, when you get on the airplane. Right. This is, I'm quizzing you guys when you get on the plane and you're flying and they give you the safety message at the beginning of the flight. Right. And they say, if the mask drops down and you have a child with you, are you supposed to put your mask on first or do you put the child's mask on first? You guys mm-hmm. put your mask on. Well, educators in general don't do a great job of putting their own mask on because what are they doing all the time? They're putting your mask on and your mask because they're helping students. Right. So it's really important for us that we help educators. Um, focus on themselves. And and I think that's the biggest change that we try to really make is focusing in on, hey, what can we do to control our circumstances? What can we do in our school? What can just like, it's actually no different than what we teach you guys as kids, right? Like we want, we want um, our teachers to seek first to understand and to be understood just like we want our our students to, right? So we take a lot of pride in that. And I think that's the, the biggest change we see in schools is not students, the biggest change we see in schools we work with are the adults. What do you think like the most important habit is to always remember and keep in your head? 
Um, I, I don't. I think. Um, I, I think they're, they all obviously have a great deal of importance. I think. Um, I think what's cool about the habits is um, it changes based on kind of where you are. So, like you said, you're going to, to high school, right? Yeah. So you, you're like you're walking into a totally different world, right? So you, so you're going to have to use certain a certain habit probably more than the other, but you have no idea right now what that habit yeah. is, but you have those inside of you. So I think in my mind, none is more important. I mean, obviously they build on each other, but I think just having that foundation provides you that knowledge to be able to really tackle whatever. So like, that's the goal, right? We don't know what challenges you're going to have in high school, but you have what you need to tackle those challenges. And so now you can apply it. Hopefully that's the goal for me. For me, it's always seeking first to understand and to be understood. I'm a talker, so I need to do a better job of listening, for sure. Um, other than the seven habits, do you incorporate the eighth habit at all? Yeah, obviously, um, when we're talking about find your voice, and especially when we work with high schools, uh, really high schools about finding your voice, the way our model works at high school and, and is we really try to allow students to lead that, meaning that it's not adult leading, it's students. And so... Um, finding your voice is the key. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on this episode and being here with us, taking the time to do this. We appreciate it. You guys are great. Thank you for having us. And thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, welcome to Here Hoover Podcast. My name is Lillian Galloway. And I'm Vivian Galloway. Could you introduce yourself? Yes, I am Dr. Melissa Reed with Leader Valley. So how did you get into this job that you have? Oh my goodness. Well, I was a former principal, middle school principal and teacher. And this position to launch Leader Valley, to launch something new and amazing came open and I applied for it. And I was the lucky one who got it. So, um, how many schools do you manage or go to mm-hmm. or are involved with? Yeah, that's a good question. So, well, just imagine we started out with two a long time ago, and now we have 27, and we're in eight different districts. So, it's not even just Waterloo schools. It's a bunch of other districts, too. Okay. Um, how has this job, like, affected your life and has it made you a better person with the habits? It has. Um, I didn't realize how much it had helped me, but I've been practicing the seven habits for 11 years. And a few years ago, um, about two years ago, I actually got breast cancer and I felt very equipped to go through a really hard journey like cancer because I had these tools from the seven habits. And so I felt really lucky that um, if I was going to go through the journey, that I had the seven habits with me, because I really do think it made a difference. And it really helped me with my mind, my mindset. What about the eighth habit? Did you ever use that? Or do you think about it? I do think about it. I think about it a lot, because it's find your voice. And like one of my roles is to help people, educators and students find their voices. And so I think it's um, a really important one that most of us need a little work on, like recognizing like what are our gifts and strengths? What can we share with the world that's going to make a difference? And how can we feel confident in doing that? So I think it's pretty important.
Did you feel like you had an easy time with finding your voice? No, no, I didn't. And I, I just told this story the other day that I think I was 21, which I know seems old, um, but 21 was the first time somebody said to me, hey, you can be a leader. Like, you're a leader. And I never really heard that growing up, even though looking back, I think probably the groundwork was being laid. But that is when I first realized, oh, so I can be a leader and I have a voice that matters and I can make an influence in a positive way. Do you uh, work with a lot of kids? I work mostly with the adults um, in the schools, uh, but whenever I get a chance, I try and hang out with the kids because that's where it's at. Yeah. That's pretty fun. So do you, are you in a position where you are able to like make big decisions for the whole district? Or? Well, I'm in a position to help make decisions for Leader Valley for our organization, but it does impact Leader and Me in your schools. Yeah. So, but most of the big decisions we make as a group uh, because it's so important that we get our work right and that we support all the schools well. So very rarely do I make a big decision all by myself. Um, which habit would you say got you through most of your tough times and like is your favorite? Yeah, for sure. Habit one all the way um, because I really use circle of influence a lot and I use it all the time, not even just in really hard situations, just like in day-to-day -day life. Uh, and I also really love, I mean, I love all four practices of habit one. So be, um, it is proactive language and circle of influence, being a transition person and pause and respond. And do you know about all four of those? Um, no, not really. Okay. So that is, if you can start to realize those four practices, like, and bring those into your life, they're huge. So I love them all. Habit one for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. a very important habit. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite habit? Can I ask you? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe habit two, begin with an end in mind, because like it kind of helps you like with your goals and everything and like getting to find your voice with habit eight. And, yeah. Yeah. What, um, and what would you say? I would say habit two or habit five because mm -hmm. habit two, just like Lillian said, um, it helps you know what you want to do or achieve. And then habit five, I would say because um, you should m listen more than you speak so yeah. you really understand. Yeah. yeah. That's hard, isn't it? Now, you guys are sisters. Yeah. So do you practice habit five with each other? Yeah. Depends. <laughs> Depends, yeah. Okay, because my kids don't always practice habit five with each other. Yeah. So is that kind of your goal to, like, get people to know the habits and, like, make it kind of a lifestyle? To yeah. I mean, definitely the habits are one piece of it. Um, but the other piece is making sure that everybody knows and it kind of goes back to habit eight, that they know their gifts and talents and that they know that they can be a contributor wherever they go. So if you're in school, if you're in middle school or high school or college or out in the workforce or with your family, that you can make a difference. And I think these habits really help with that. Um, but I think it's also really important for people to know what they're really great at. Thank you. 
Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you too. Yes. Uh, welcome to the Here Hoover podcast. My name is June Bertram. I'm going to be a freshman this year. I'm Lillian Galloway. I'm going into seventh. I'm Vivian Galloway, and I'm going into seventh grade. Uh, can you please introduce yourself? I'm Shantavia Parker. I am Leader Valley Coach Facilitator. Um, so as the coach facilitator, how do you deal with, like, if people come to you with their problems? Like, how do you deal with speaking to them and helping them? Mm -hmm. So I mostly work with adults um, who are teaching our kids in our Leader in Me schools. Um, So we talk a lot about how do we allow students to lead, which often comes with relinquishing control from adults. Um, So we talk greatly on how can we encourage students to lead because at the end of the day, we will have to eventually walk away from the table and our young people will be the ones leading the tables. Um, So just encouraging to relinquish control is probably one of the biggest problems because as adults, that's always hard. Um, So to me, that's been the biggest thing that we talk a lot about in our Leader Me schools, but it's been the most helpful. So in in your job, what's your everyday life like in your job? Yes, yes. So I oversee 13 schools um, in the district. So not in Waterloo district. So we are in Waterloo, Grundy, Waverly, Janesville, uh, Cedar Falls schools. So we are a variety. We have 27 schools currently um, within our Leader Valley rim. Um, And I see 13 and Melissa sees 14. Yep, 14 schools. Um, And then we have some lighthouse schools. And so me, I go into my schools and just kind of coach them through Leader in Me curriculum, talk about how we can implement Leader in Me within the schools, um, because it shouldn't necessarily be a new thing. It should be the thing. Um, So just encouraging our students to lead and helping our adults figure out how to guide that. So I kind of just show up in schools and help adults and then sometimes get to hang out with the kids, which is my favorite part. Um, Just seeing students become leaders and being the ones in the front of the mic instead of us being in front of the bike. Yeah. Um, so what's your favorite habit, you would say, and like most important for kids to follow? My favorite habit? Ooh, I love all the habits, but I would say the one that I try really hard to work on is habit five, because um, I am not always the best listener. Um, I, I talk a lot. I am. Um, I like to be the talking person. So um, really choosing to listen to people authentically and empathetically has been a goal of mine this year and to learn how to be quiet and let people talk. Um, so I enjoy habit five. It's my favorite habit. It's also what Jared said. Is it? Yeah. Yes. I think that's just a part of becoming an adult um, and maturing, I think, is just practicing. The habit five seems to be the one that as adults we struggle with the most. Um, but I think the more you get into habit five, you learn that it's just a daily practice that you should work on just listening empathetically. How did you get involved with like Leader Valley? How did you introduce yourself to this and decide it's what you wanted to do? Awesome question. So I originally worked in the school. So my degree is actually in social work. So I have my master's and my undergrad in social work. Um, I went to Wartburg and then you and I. Then I decided I wanted to be in the hospital setting, actually. And so I worked in the emergency room as a social worker for five years. And then I said, I need something new. It was pretty traumatic at times. I just needed a break from the trauma. Um, So then I went to the schools and I I love the schools, but I decided that my sparkle wasn't, it was being restricted to one building and I wanted more buildings to be a part of. Um, So then this position opened and I called Melissa, who's our executive director, and just said, hey, I want that job. How can I get it? Um, And she's like, just apply and we'll see what happens. And I applied and it's been exactly what I'm 
supposed to do. Like I feel like I'm working, walking in my purpose and it doesn't feel like work. Um, I love to talk. I love to meet people. I love to be very sparkly, like excited um, and shifting rooms. And so to me, it's just helped who I am as a person, because not only do we oversee um, Leader in Me schools as a coach, we also facilitate workshops around like unconscious bias, seven habits, change. So we facilitate workshops for the community um, and also for educators. So that's been a fun part, too. Um, so what's a Leader Valley Ambassador? Awesome question. So Leader Valley Ambassadors. So we are currently creating student ambassadors for our nonprofit so that we have a pool of students that we can reach out to when we want to have some involvement in the community. So before this was created, the Leader Valley Ambassador team, we often relied on our schools to get students for us. But creating the Leader Valley Ambassadors has allowed us to have students that we can just reach on or call on when we need some community support or just some student leadership. Um, what do you enjoy the most about like working with students, not only just students, but with adults at the same time and having to deal with both of them? I just love um, seeing people learn. I think we live a life that we learn every day. Um, so I think for me, it's just watching the growth in students, but also watching the growth in adults, um, especially educators. Educators like to be in control, I've found out. Um, that they like to be the leaders and it's been great to watch them sit back and let their students lead. So my favorite part I would say is just seeing the leadership in students and staff um, and then just making sure that they're practicing the habits and modeling the habits. How, how do you deal with like different students or just teachers like having to, I don't know how to say it, like deal with others. I feel like I've said that question before, mm -hmm. but like having to deal with teachers, having to deal with others, like mm -hmm. you get the end of the line and having to take care of those. Mm -hmm. So I think for my position, it's all about asking good questions. So instead of giving people the solution, talking through solutions with people. So just asking questions like, well, tell me more about that or using some of those clarifying questions that we typically practice in habit eight. Um, actually using habit eight in coaching, I mean, habit eight, habit five um, with the listening and empathetically and using some of those clarifying questions and things like that. Um, so for me, it's about asking questions because I found out that one, people love talking about themselves, right? And two, that if you ask people questions, they typically can figure out the answer themselves. And if they figure it out, then they're more willing to practice it instead of you telling them what to do. Do you use habit eight in your job? That's a good question because that habit eight just came out of my mouth on accident. Um, <laughs> habit eight is actually a habit that I've tried to focus more on. Um, so for those of you who don't know habit eight, it's find your voice and inspire others to find theirs. Um, so habit eight is important to me because I think that I didn't truly find my voice until I started this position almost a year ago. Um, and so for me, it's more personal. Habit eight is more personal for me because once you find your voice, then I want everybody to find their voice. And because I wasn't there for a long time, I don't feel like I authentically was able to help inspire other people to find their voice. But now I'm finally in a space where I found mine and I, I feel strong in mine. Um, so I think habit eight, we practice a lot personally, but we don't talk about it as much professionally. However, we're trying to kind of shift that a little bit. So I think there's some more habit eight content that's going to come out that I'm super excited for because I think our schools are really finding their voice and now they're ready to help other people find theirs. Yeah. Has having like switching in between jobs and taking a while to find what you really enjoy negatively affected your job or like positively affected it? I would say it's positively affected it the most. I, say, I would say that the hardest transition 
um, for me was just to honestly just believe in myself that I was capable. Um, so when I applied for this position, I'm not older. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm not your age, but I'm pretty young, I think, sometimes. Um, so I feel like I went through the the maturity of just like an up and down roller coaster of like, what do I want to do with my life? How do I want to show up? I have a family now. Um, I have a husband and kids. So I was like, I just want to be the best that I can for my family. Um, so for me, it was about making myself feel worth enough to hold a position such as this caliber, especially when you're going into multiple schools. So for me, I'm going into 13 schools and inspiring people. Um, and I feel like you have to be very solid in your own self and you're confident in order to inspire other people. So I think that's been the biggest transition just to really believe in myself and your capabilities because we all have it in us. We just have to find it. Did you say that this was your first year? This is. I'll be one year completely, August 24th. Yes, so still still new. I still say new, but we're getting out of the new. And now we're like, all right, you, you got this. Keep rolling. So it's been fun. Okay, well, thank you for coming on here, taking the time to join us. We really Absolutely. appreciate you. Thank, thank you for inviting me. It was great. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My name is Kyla. What's your name? Mrs. Irwin. And what do you do at Hoover? I am considered an exploratory teacher, so I have all students grades 6, 7, and 8 on six-week rotations. In sixth grade, we go through habits 1 through 6 of Stephen Covey's. In seventh grade, we cover habit 7, which is sharpen the saw. And in eighth grade, we work on communication skills that include public speaking, writing professional emails, creating their own resumes, and then doing practice interviews. That sounds fun. Um, so what made you want to be a leader and a teacher? I would have to say the different opportunities it gives students besides your typical classroom of math or language arts or science. It really gives the whole student an opportunity to grow and develop and really picture how they can take themselves from middle school to high school and beyond to really create the life that they want with skills and knowledge they've learned in school. What has been really challenging for you? I would say one of the biggest challenges is I'm the only one in the school and actually in the district that teaches this type of content. So a lot of times teachers like to collaborate and work with one another and you know synergizing more than one brain is better than just being solo. Um, but in my position, a lot of times I don't have necessarily another direct teacher to go to, so that's sometimes a challenge. What would you say is like your favorite thing about teaching? I would say one of the best aspects of Hoover, besides just students in general, is the fact that I get to see them in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade and watch how they grow and develop and all the skills that they gain and the confidence that they show and see their interests peak and really watching them just develop over time. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, welcome to the Here Hoover podcast. My name is June Bertram. I'll be a freshman this year. I'm Lillian Galloway, and I'll, I'm going into seventh grade. And I'm Vivian Galloway. I'll go into seventh grade. Uh, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Jared Smith, but students know me as Dr. Smith. I am the superintendent of schools for the Waterloo School District. Um, so is this is your first year as being the superintendent, is it? This is the first year. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty much done. I mean, pretty much done with the first year, like next week, I guess. July 1st was the first day I started last year. How is it 
been? Like, has it affected you any differently than your last job or like, has it been easy or hard? Oh gosh. You know, here's what I tell people was the first like several months on the job were pretty easy, right? Everybody was helpful. They've always been helpful, but it was like, okay, I was brand new and nobody, everybody was like, Hey, just do your thing and meet people and be, you know, be nice and just talk to people, listen. And then, you know, about mid-year, maybe about December or January, I really started getting a little stressed out. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of staff. There's a lot of students. But, you know, for us in our world in education, just like you guys, once it comes to like May and then June, you kind of get a little bit of a breather. You kind of get, you just take a breath. I mean, we're still doing a lot of work, but it's not as stressful. So, you asked, has it been a good year? What is it like? I said, it was a pretty good year. It flew by. I can't believe it. We're already one year down. Um, what was your job before you became the superintendent of the schools? Yeah, good question. So before I came here, I was the superintendent at South Tama County, which is a district that's like, I don't know, it's about an hour south of here. Um, but before that, I was a um, I was a teacher. I was an assistant principal, and I was a principal and the superintendent. Um, what do you like about Leader and Me and like affecting students? I love Leader and Me. Um, I have actually even before I knew about Leader and Me, I read Seven Habits, and and I love that book. I've read a lot of books, but. Leader in Me is like probably one of the, my top five books I've ever, uh, not Leader in Me, Seven Habits oh, yeah. is probably one of my top five books of all time. And I've read hundreds of books because I really feel like the principles and the virtues that they teach in that book are applicable to kids, to adults, to family, to business, to work. It just it applies to all aspects of your life. And so teaching kids at a young age, those skills and those values will really pay off in the long run. Um, and the like before winter break, I remember you were in like this thing to get dress coded, like mm-hmm. dress code more loosened. And I remember kids at my school really excited about that. How did you, did you ever like speak to kids about it or like, was it stressful for you to have all that weight on you? Yeah. So when I started, a lot of people reached out to me and said, hey, Dr. Smith, can you look at the dress code? Because we think it's a little, like, it needs to be looked at. And I'm always, I will never make a decision just by myself. I like collaborative decision-making, which means I ask people for feedback. So the very first thing we did was we emailed, where we surveyed our community and our students. And I think it came back like 89% of the of everybody who was surveyed and it was like 4500 people 89% almost 90% of people said they want to change the dress code. So when we got that feedback, we met with our um like a, our leadership team which is a lot of people and a community committee and we looked at that feedback and we said this might be the opportunity to change it. And so it wasn't really nerve-wracking cuz I really just let people drive the decision. It wasn't just me. Had there been a few people who've been upset? Yeah, there's probably been a few people. It's a little bit of a change, but you kind of get used to that. You kind of get used to people not always agreeing with every decision, but we even went back after the dress code and we asked our staff how it was going. 
and even more staff. It was like 95% of staff said it was going well. And I will tell you this, every time I talk to kids in buildings, like almost every single one has said, oh, we like the new dress code. Yeah. We like it, right? Yeah, it's been pretty popular. Yeah. What do you guys think? Tell me I your feedback. It. I did not like the dress code before it got changed. I would much rather be in the dress code that we have now. It's way <laughs> more comfortable. It was kind of hard to find the cl- like school clothes yeah. at, at stores. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very helpful for kids that like had to go out and buy like uniforms. I think it's way better that we can be in our own clothes that we already have because it does cost money to get uniform type of clothes. Yeah. I think it's helpful for that type of stuff to be. I heard that. There's just not that many places to buy clothes these days. Even other clothes too, but like especially uniform clothes. That was one of the big decisions that went into it. Because the mall's closed, right? Old Navy is closed. Sears is closed. JC Penney's is closed. But you can buy all that stuff online. But um, but yeah, I feel good about the decision. Yeah. It wasn't the easiest, but it was more about making sure everybody felt like they had buy-in on the decision. That was the, the important piece of it. Yeah. Um, was there any other big changes that you made when you became the superintendent? Probably the biggest change that we've made is that we have embraced an idea of work from home for some of our staff. Um, in schools, it's not normal to do work, to give work from home option. Usually, now, granted, teachers have to be in front. Teachers have to be with you guys every day, right? Mm-hmm. So they really don't have a work from home option. Mm-hmm. But how can we look during like winter break, during spring break, during summer break? How can we give the people who are working, and there's a lot of people who work in our schools during those breaks, how can we give them an option if they want it to work from home? Basically, you know, a lot of people do their work from their laptop, right? And so if they do it from home or the office or the classroom or the school, uh, as long as they get the job done, I don't really care too much. So that's probably been the second biggest change is that we've given staff a lot of opportunity to work from home if they want. That's probably a good benefit for them too. Um, they're, they're loving it. They're, they really do. It's like the first year where it's people have been saying it's kind of normal after COVID. Do you mm-hmm. think it's like still have some of the benefits from being in COVID? Like, do you think that kids not wearing masks has affected how the staff has been? Like, being in the Waterloo community, has it been different from Tama, not just because of the COVID? Yeah, so I do agree with you. You said that this is kind of the first normal year. I agree. Um, I feel like this is the first year we really haven't, you know, the focus of the last 2020, 2021, even 2022 was like, okay, are we doing all the things to keep our kids safe? Are we making sure the kids are distanced? Are they wearing masks? Are they doing vaccines? You know, last year, really, that wasn't much of our conversation. Now, clearly, we want to keep kids safe. We want to keep staff safe. But it has been nice. Like, school's already hard enough, right? School's hard enough for kids. It's hard enough for staff. So... For us to like, you know, for those three years, we really had to focus on on all the COVID regulations first, and then we could worry about school, which was already difficult. So last year was just really nice. Um, I do feel like the staff, and you asked about the community, you know, the, the Waterloo community has been very supportive of what we need to do to keep our kids healthy and safe. And, you know, still, like, I'll be honest, um, I got COVID last year. 
um, in November. I'd never had it before, right? And I was like, whoa, this does, I feel really sick. So I stayed home for four days, and but my my colleagues and my the, I report to the school board. They were very supportive of me, and they said, "Hey, you take care of yourself, get healthy, come back when you're done." So I actually had a chance to work from home those days too. Um, so again, I th- I felt good about the pro- the the steps we've taken, uh, and I also feel like yes, it feels good that we're getting back to normal. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Do you? ever like just visit classrooms or go around in schools and stuff? Yeah. So that's one of my goals. So thanks for asking about that. One of my goals this past year was to go and visit as many schools and buildings and classrooms as I could. So I keep track of how many visits I do. Can't remember the exact number. It was like 180 visits, which is like one a day, which doesn't sound like much. But it's kind of hard for me to leave sometimes. So, like, I would go, like, five days without visits, and then I would visit, like, five in a day. And I would come in. I'd put, you know, I don't want to make the teachers feel uncomfortable. So I try not to go in their rooms too much, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to catch them off guard. But So I come in very, like, very politely and just say hi, peek my head in, say hi. And, um, yeah, so I love visiting classes. And then what I'll do, if you guys see me, sometimes I'll have my laptop. And I'll just kind of find a, say, a quiet space, like in the library or at Hoover. I love there's that um, it's kind of next, like there's the offices, right? And then you, before you walk up the steps, there's that area on the left where you can kind of hang out. I always do my work there. I'm always, what's it called? The carpet area. The carpet area. I love working in the carpet area. So if you see Matt Hoover, I'm usually in the carpet area, um, the cafeteria or the library upstairs. Oh, well, thank you for coming on this. Oh, thank you for coming on this podcast. We really enjoy you being here. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah, you guys were great hosts. Like, you, I, for those of you listening in Spotify land, these guys literally have no notes in front of them. They are just like really good at knowing like what follow up questions to ask. What, um, like, what? Uh, just you guys seem very like professional. Super impressed. Thank so, those you. of you in Spotify land. You guys need to be impressed with these hosts here because they got it going on. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you. Who is the Waterloo Schools Foundation? They are an independent, non-profitable organization. They have 13 member board directors. They have been amazing to Waterloo. They have gifted more than $2 million to Waterloo schools. Thank you. You.
Um, can you please explain how that involves the water schools? Yes, so uh, what we are doing, we're actually going to announce this morning, is that we are, um, we have a new grant process, which is really awesome and fun and exciting. So what we do, students and staff can apply for funds at our organization, and then we review all those funds and then distribute them out to buildings across um, across the district. So we really try to make sure that funding is reached at every um, at every building, and we keep track of that um, in our office to make sure that we are reaching all the schools and things. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much. of Stephen Covey, to achieve goals you've never achieved before, you need to start doing things you've never done before. Thank you for listening to... Here, Hoover!